Welcome to Servium, Latin for I Will Serve, a new podcast series from the Diocese of Rapid City, exploring the vocation to the permanent diaconate. Join me as I visit with some of the deacons who are fulfilling the mission of Christ as servants, sharing their gifts in Western South Dakota. I'm your host, Karen Gibis, and I'm honored to introduce today's guest. Today, I've cornered Deacon Lloyd Frying. Welcome, Deacon Lloyd. How are you today? I'm good, thank you. I am so glad you're joining us today. Can you introduce yourself and give a little bit about what you do for a living, your family, and which parish you're assigned to? Okay. I'm a permanent deacon for Philip, uh, South Dakota and Midland in Milesville. Uh, I'm a rancher, a third-generation rancher. Been there, lived there all my life. Know pretty much everybody within 100 miles of the communities there together, so... It's a, it's a privilege to serve these these people of God in those parishes. So. Now, those parishes are what we consider a tri-parish. Mm-hmm. What is it like to serve in a tri-parish as compared to, say, just one parish that has just a little responsibility as opposed to having to drive? How far do you have to drive to get to each of your parishes? Well, it's, uh, you know, I live 18 miles northwest of Phillip on the ranch there, and then I drive uh, you know, go to Philip. I, I'm in Philip on Sundays, every Sunday in Deacon the Mass there. And once a month, I travel with Father Gerlach there to uh, these to Midland and Milesville, are about 30 miles one way, you know. So we, we cover a lot of miles in that weekend. When I deacon on the third Sunday of the month, I do uh, Philip at 5 o'clock in Sacred Heart, you know, the next day at 8.30, and uh, Milesville and Midland rotate depending on what month it is. So we travel, you know, we put on quite a few miles. So that's that's the biggest thing. And I always think, well, if people knew would spend some time with a priest, they'd know what it was like <laughs> on that weekend. And I, you know, I really enjoy that in in seeing the difference in the parishes and just the people, you know, and how their difference in their little communities and the difference in how in trying to work together and be with the people. And so it, it's not really you know, a hardship. It's, it's, it's a grace time to be there with the people. And that's great. Now, your road to the diaconate wasn't an instant road. It took a little bit of time, right? Yeah, I wasn't, uh, I was 60 years old before I was even an altar server. <laughs> and uh, we, we looked at the diaconate, oh, probably, I'm probably 10 or 15 years before, and then we have I mean, back up here with my family, you know, uh, uh, Marianne and my wife both uh, had lost a spouse, and my wife in 90, in 90 and then Marianne in 93, and we put two families together, seven children, and, and we looked at the diaconate then, but it wasn't the right time, and so when we kind of got all these family things in order, then discerning what, uh, how this is going to look and how it's going to go. And then the Lord and his time and us with a lot of patience and a lot of prayer and discernment, we, we just kept going on. Did most of our formation at the Sioux Spiritual Center, which was a beautiful place. It's really holy ground. And it just fell into place. You know, there was some bumps in the road, but you, you get through that. Mm-hmm. It's the Lord's will. You get through that. So in this time that you have this blended family and you're trying to maneuver through that, learning what that means and between your families, were you being formed or were you serving in the church at all to prepare yourself for the diaconate? 
Uh, I've been active, you know, like, you know, when we first looked at it, you know, just talking about being a deacon, you know, what's that look like? You know, I was active in the church and done anywhere from, uh, you know, reading to uh, teaching. And uh, Marianne, my wife, has been an organist there for 40 years. And I mean, it just, it came together. But yeah, and, and it played a very important role in the family and in uh, raising those. I always tell people, they say, well, how'd you, how did you do that? How did you raise those kids? I said, no, they raised me. <laughs> I think any good parent would say the kids raised me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and so it was. It was good, and and it, uh, and it was hard. It was not mm-hmm. easy, and it did help. You know, and I share this a lot of times. You know, some things in with my, in my ministry with people, and especially with a when we both lost spouses. You know, and in the grieving process that goes with that and stuff, and you know, so it's it's kind of like having experience and hands on. Right. And the Lord uses that. He makes us, we're wounded healers. Right, right. Yeah. So bringing up ministry, what ministries do you work in at the churches in that you serve? Uh, you know, I, we have an assisted living and we have a, a beautiful nursing home. Try to spend some time. COVID kind of threw it in there. And, and I, I, you know, all through COVID, uh, we did the masses online, you know, so that was a real experience there you know i i work quite a bit you know with funerals and and uh you know with the grieving process and trying to help i think that's where i'm called you know i'm a third generation rancher i know people within 100 miles i basically know everybody around me and and uh so it's you know it was kind of an awakening one day when i and i when i thought when i was going through this it was kind of like a a fearful moment. It's oh my gosh, I'm going to be burying some of my neighbors. And then I, and I, you know, I was in a tractor, and I thought, and I was thinking about this, and I thought, no, this is a privilege and an honor to bury the dead. That's what we're called to do. You know, it's about life. It's not about death. Right. Well, and I think knowing, you know, the three three generation aspect into plays in greatly because you know not only their life, but you you know their parents, or maybe you know their yeah. children, and you can bring all of that in when you're able to minister to the, to their family or to to them themselves if they've lost the yeah. parent or the child. Yeah, and bringing a personal touch, I hear you know that's that seems to be very important, especially. In, it grieving, you know, when people mm-hmm. are, it, you know, that's the probably the hardest moment in our lives is only that reality, you know, and trying to bring that in a personal way and to people. And, you know, so it's, and I, you know, I'm called to do homilies a lot of times for the families and be there in the wakes, you know, and, and I've done a lot of that. You know, also I've been called to wall there different times and did gravesides and different things. So, no, it's it's uh, it's really kind of stretched me. <laughs> the mm-hmm. Lord is still stretching me. <laughs> so, and uh, but it is it is a privilege to be able to do to do that to serve. You know, and that's you know if anybody's thinking about the diaconate, you know, in the church, uh, it is a real privilege to be on the altar and serve and be there with the people in the body of Christ. Oh, I love that, to be there with the people in the body of Christ. That has such a profound meaning, and especially in a moment of grief, yes. that they need to have that 
maybe assurance that the body of Christ is still very much present around them and in them. Yeah, that brings a lot of comfort, you know, that, uh, you know, we're called as Catholics, especially to be universal. You know, he calls, calls each one of us, regardless where we're at. Yeah. So do you do any ministering after, say, the graveside services, or do people come to you after the fact to maybe get more healing or talk about things? Oh, yeah. You know, I try to stay open to that. You know, it's always hard, you know, try to stay in touch with the people, you know, and, and uh, kind of do some follow-up, you mm-hmm. know, with them. And, you know, a lot of times it's that, you know, you know, meet with the families beforehand and try to get them, you know, because it, it's really a, a delicate thing and a really a personal thing, you know, and, and uh, you know, be there with the priest or whichever and just be there with the family and try to walk them through it. And, uh, you know, the healing process is, is ongoing, you know, that's why I tell, usually start with a homily, you know, that, you know, it's, it's all right. It's all right. You, you'll experience this, and it'll come at you in waves, and it's all right to cry, especially for right. a man. Yeah. You know, that, uh, you know, and, and just to try to put the people at ease and kind of prepare them, because a lot of times we're not prepared to face death, and it's not about death, it's about life. Right, and I suppose that does bring a opportunity with you being a member of the community and a respected member of the community, living the life like they are, a rancher, you know, tough as nails type persona, <laughs> right? And to yeah. have you h- hear, you know, yeah. from your mouth, it's okay to cry. Yeah. I mean, that's got to give a lot of comfort to to the women who are like, it's okay to cry, yeah. dear, it's okay. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, those tears wash the heart. Oh, that's that's a great way of putting it. They do too. Yeah. And they come at the most unexpected time because grace is all around us at all times. Yeah, yeah. And you know, and it's it's hard to move on, but if we can if we can embrace that grief process and let it work with, you know, and like I said, we've ex- I've experienced it my wife and I both have lost spouses, so we're very uh, sensitive to that. Yeah. So in the when you go to visit someone in the nursing home or in the assisted living center, do you have moments where you recognize in not that long of a time I'm going to be <laughs> doing their funeral? Because I mean, that is the reality of yeah. this, some yeah. situations. Does that help you minister to them differently well, or prepare for, I mean, being with them, prepare you for the family? Yeah, ministry? and just to be present to them. You know, and I've had some of the older ones, well, I want you to be at my funeral or speak or do the funeral. And I said, well, you know, we don't have that option. <laughs> you might, I, I might I'm assigned, go. maybe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it does. It, you know, it's just to be there. And, and I mean, they're my, they're my neighbors. And that's yeah. what we're called to do is to love our neighbors. And, right. you know, so that's uh, in, in those grace moments, you know, that come in, especially with you know, with the elderly, you know, just to be there, you know, whether it's uh, just a, a lot of times maybe they can't understand, but just a, you know, touch of the shoulder or a kind word for them. So it's, it's, it's been good. It's been, uh, like I said, I, it's kind of got me out. Uh, you know, I was a pretty shy young man <laughs> and uh, a lot of them look at me now and say, how did you do that? <laughs> <laughs> But it is by the grace of God, you know, and bringing Jesus Christ into into a, a full, 
you know, being present to the presence. Right. Yeah. So it's been good. And so the, the Lord has worked in your life as you've been prepared for the diaconate and now as you serve as a deacon for the tri-parishes in, in the prairie, on the prairie. Mm -hmm. He has worked very, I would say, small miracles, but maybe you would call them big miracles in the case of the shy yeah. young man who, who yeah. now can just minister to everyone. What do you, what do you feel like is that moment where the, you knew you just knew that the Lord was walking with you in this ministry. Well, you know, like the, there again, you know, it goes back to the discernment process, you know, and discernment is just really separating out. You know, uh, I can remember praying in church and that thought come to me. It was at a, I guess you would call it a mission. You know, used to have missions, in, in, you know, years ago and had a really dynamic priest talking and that, and that, thought come into my mind and it just kind of stayed there and uh, so I just tried to follow it the best I could you know so it's yeah you if you are open to receiving he will he will use you he will use you and you can feel him when he yeah. is directing your path your steps yes yeah how about the most surprising part of this I mean aside from the shy young man. I mean, <laughs> I'm sure somebody would be able to say, oh no, Deacon Lloyd's not that shy, but that must be somewhat, you know, it's surprising to you. But were there other aspects of the ministry that have surprised you that you were more than equipped for it than you thought? Well, you know, we had good formation, you know, and, and uh, probably the biggest thing, I'm not a real I, I do not write homilies. I come right from the heart. Drives my wife crazy. But uh, <laughs> I, uh, you know, I just speak from the heart. And uh, that's been, it's, uh, you know, the Holy Spirit works. You know, that, that spirit that, of the living God is there with us. Whether we like to uh, op be open to that or not. You know, and that's probably been the biggest, you know, surprise for me is that Dude, I didn't do that. <laughs> you know, so I guess just, you know, the surprise is just how he keeps opening doors and keeps calling me to do what he wants to do in people's lives. So you recently had a, a priest change in your yes. parishes. How has that changed your ministry? Is it a, a significant change or or has uh, Deacon, Deacon Lloyd's way of doing things not changed just because the father changed? Well, it, you know, there's always some challenges there. You know, I've worked with several different priests, and uh, I guess my heart kind of goes out to them when they when they move. You come into community, and they do not know a single soul. And so I try to be there, and, and you know, like I say, I, I've, I've been here, been in there forever. And so that's been, a, a, you know, a blessing, hopefully for them as well as for me, and, you know, being flexible because, you know, we all have different personalities. Mm -hmm. Right. But, uh, you know, I try to uh, just be who I am. And, and uh, you know, so far I've been working good with the priests. And and uh, so, you know, it's, it, it is a challenge, you know, and I, you know, when you come into a, especially the priests, when they come into the community, you don't know anybody and how things work. And, but it. It, it comes together. We don't uh, try not to 
spaz out over anything. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> now, if the priest doesn't know the community, that means the community doesn't know the priest. Yes. So are you, you know, a bridge between that, telling the community, okay, this this is a good priest, I've, got, I've met him, and you're out there promoting him, if you will, yeah. trying to give him a good image and... I suppose that's good for the community that they can look well, to you and trust your assessment. Yeah, yeah and you just said the, the word, a bridge, and that's what I think a, a deacon really is, is a bridge in communities. And, you know, you know, getting the priest out and, you know, and introducing to people and, you know, being there at the end of Mass and, mm-hmm. and you met Father and, you know, and, and uh yeah, it's just that, that bridge, that, you know, because there's always those gaps there in times of transition. So it's that's been kind of a, a, I guess you could say that's been a blessing for me to be a part of that, you know, to help uh, with all the, especially where we're shortage of priests, you know, mm-hmm. when they, but it's hard, you know, when they move and they come in and they're there for six years and they're gone and then, you know, and, and I'm, I'm a permanent deacon. <laughs> Basically, that's... And I'll keep here going until I, uh, you know, they say, hey, are you gonna are you gonna retire? And I said, well, I've never had a real job, so I can't retire. <laughs> <laughs> if you're doing what you're loving, is that working? That's right. right. Yeah. So, you know, as long as the Lord permits me and my health stays and everything, and and uh, you know, I can keep doing whatever He calls me to do. And and I would encourage, uh, you know maybe even younger men, you know, I know it's hard with families and stuff, but if you have that calling, he will, the Lord will work in your family. And it's a blessing for families to be a part of this, you know, to serve. And uh, it goes full circle with the Lord. We receive if we're open to it. Yeah, he always blesses us more than we bless those around us or yes. for our parishes. He always returns that yes. that effort tenfold or more in some cases. Yeah, I remember when I when I they did a deal in the paper when I was ordained, and I've been ordained. I'll be ordained uh, seven years here, the thirty first of March, and I put in there, you know, we have a God of more, a God of more, mm-hmm. and that's. And he wants to give us that more as long as we're open and re- and receptive. That's great. Do you have any more advice for someone who is considering the diaconate, you know, maybe is hearing that vocational call? Well, I guess, you know, it all begins with prayer. You know, we have to, we have to take that time to be silent and reflect and listen. And, uh, you know, as, as he says, be not afraid. Mm-hmm. You know, and because uh, it can be kind of scary thinking, you know, well, how, how is this all going to look? You know, well, but we, we stay open and uh, we go forward. And, and in, in his time, if we're, if we're open to it, he will show us the way. And that's great. Well, Deacon Lloyd, thank you so much for your time today. I hope Father Grant gave you an extra special Christmas bonus, but at least maybe <laughs> an extra special Christmas blessing with all that you have had done for him as he moved into that that parishes and all that you did to bridge the community to, you know, to him and to help him move into that. Now I have to remind him of that. Will you? Okay. Well, hopefully he's, hopefully he'll just take that initiative on his own. I mean, it's not too far past Christmas. Easter, Easter. Uh, There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for, for, for this time and, and, uh, 
to share share this on the diaconate. Uh, thank you for doing that. You're welcome, and thank you. This is Deacon Greg Sass, Director of the Permanent Diaconate and Diaconate Formation. The diocese has been blessed to have six men called to orders by Bishop Peter Muage as permanent deacons for the Diocese of Rapid City. Their ordination is scheduled for 5.30 p.m. Thursday, June 29, 2023 at the Cathedral of Our Lady of Perpetual Help in Rapid City. All are invited to attend the ordination. For more information, visit rapidcitydiocese.org, read the diocese newspaper, West River Catholic, or your parish bulletin. For more information about the permanent diaconate in the Diocese of Rapid City, contact me at the Chancery, 605-341-3541.